you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, as we as we continue to meet here, Lord, I am asking that that you, God who is present uh, through the person of your Holy Spirit, that you would that you would reign over the next 30, 35 minutes, that, that you would reign in such a way that your word from this broken vessel right here, this frail, needy vessel, that you would send forth your word right to the hearts of those that are here. You who know each heart, see each need, hear each cry, understand each fear and doubt. Know every circumstance, Lord. Would you just send your word out today? Would you would you call up, Lord, some men to greater places of leadership today? More wholehearted commitment and trusting you to do that. Thank you for meeting with us here. Thank you for giving us your word and thank you for sending that out into our hearts right now. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. I don't know if it's going to be a little ironic here, topic of the, one of the points of my sermon, but I don't know if I'm a pastor with a lack of faith. Just before the first service, I made the call that we're going to set all the tables up outside, and just before I started this service, administrative pastor came in and said, it's raining outside, so let's, let's pray for a breaking of the clouds here. If it's raining, we'll set up in here when we're done. And we'll eat in here. There's a 150-pound pig rolling around out there. Ooh, I went and peeked at it. It looks good. It looks good. There's going to be a bunch of blow-up stuff for the kids out there too. So we'll have a good day of it. I want to talk to you this morning. I want to push pause on Romans. We've been on a series walking through the letter Paul to the church at Rome for about a year and a half, but we're going to push pause on that this morning and focus on a subject related to, specifically to Father's Day. I want to take you to the story of Caleb. Caleb, a great father, a great leader in the Old Testament. And as I do that, let me just give you a couple of his credentials that would kind of set the stage and show why he is a pretty good example to look at as we talk about the subject of leadership and fatherhood. Here's a couple of highlights of Caleb's life. When a few million were grumbling, Caleb was giving God the glory. When the massive crowd was turning and walking away from God, Caleb was running toward God. After 40 years of 
paying the price for other people's mistakes, Caleb was still an optimist. We're going to see that today. At 85 years of age, Caleb was looking for the greatest challenge. And when he saw it, he said, sign me up. That's the one that I want. There's a great connection to Father's Day. Caleb led his children into God's promised land for them. Boy, that's a great thing for a father to do. And then finally, when other men his age would be retiring, Caleb was just refiring. And he was getting hotter and hotter. So let's just take a few minutes this morning and look into Caleb's life. God put Caleb's story in Scripture for a reason. God doesn't do anything without a reason, and this is God's book. And so we're going to look into Caleb's life and see what we can extract to help us for ours. Look at Numbers chapter 13. I'm going to read verses 1 down through the first part of verse 4 and then verse 21. Numbers 13. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan which I am giving to the people of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, every one a chief among them. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran according to the command of the Lord. All of them men who were heads of the people of Israel. These were their names. And then it lists 12 different men, one from each of the 12 different tribes of Israel. Verse 21, here was their mission. They went up and spied out the land. They were on the edge of the Jordan River ready to cross over into God's promised land the land that God had led them out of Egypt in bondage to go and acquire. And so Moses sent out 12 men to go over as a good general, a good strategist to spy out the land. And so for 40 days, they went and they walked around the land. But here's the first thing that I just want to point out about Caleb about this great leader, about this great father, Caleb. He was a man who stood out. He was a man who stood out. God said to Moses, I want you to pick one leader, one great leader from each of the 12 tribes, and from Caleb's tribe, Caleb was chosen. He was a man who stood out. But he was not the only man who stood out. The question is not just did he stand out. The question is this, why did he stand out? Particularly, why did he stand out in the eyes of God? See, great leadership, the context of great leadership that I want to talk to you about is great leadership as defined by God. 
Not great leadership as defined by the world. Because the world has a completely different definition, idea of what that looks like. Just in general, those who stand out, those who are the popular, the famous, the wealthy, could be termed as great leaders because they have a great following, but just the fact of having a following doesn't make you a great leader in God's economy. The issue is, where are you leading those who are following? So what was it that stood out? Or what is it that stands out? Let me just show you the kind of the polar opposites in our world. This is just a few items that I just want to mention. Number one, in God's economy, great leadership is not about what you've got. It's about what you give. In God's economy, great leadership is not about the title you hold. It's about what grips you. In God's economy, great leadership is not about your education. Great leadership is about your transformation. It's not about how you look. It's about what you see. In God's economy, great leadership is not about where you live. It's about how you live and what you live for. So God here, in one verse in Numbers 14, 24, identified two things that stood out in His eyes, and His eyes are the eyes that matter. Two things that stood out in His eyes as He looked at Caleb's life that were standout qualities to the God of the universe, the creator of mankind the one who knows all about that for which mankind was made. And here is what God says about Caleb, Numbers 14, 24. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land into which he went and his descendants shall possess it. Let me show you two things here. God said, that really stood out as he looked at Caleb's life. Number one, he said, Caleb has a different spirit. What does that mean? Caleb had a different spirit. Well, the idea is a contrast here. The key word different. Different from what? Different from the context of the story. And the context of the story is 10 other men, 10 other spies who had a very different spirit than Caleb had. So I want to just read a couple of verses and show you the spirit or the heart or the attitude of the ten spies and then how Caleb's contrasted with that, how his spirit was different, Numbers 13, 31 to 33. This is the spirit, the heart, the attitude of the ten. Then the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, the people of this land that we went in and spied out. For they are stronger than we are. So they, the ten, brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have 
gone to spy out is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people that we saw in it are of great height. And there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak. That's the grandparents of Goliath who came from the Nephilim. And we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. What did the spies see? They saw the giants. That's what they saw. That's what they focused on. They focused on themselves and the giants. And the picture to them was overwhelming. It was oppressive. It was defeating. Summed up in that statement, we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers and to them. I mean, like they could just squash us. What about this one with a different spirit? Numbers 14, 7 through 9. Caleb and Joshua said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, the land which we passed through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into the land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Why such a radically different perspective between the ten and the two? The answer is in the phrase, the Lord is with us. You see, what was happening was that Caleb saw everything that the ten spies saw, those that were his companion on that 40-day journey, but he saw them through the lens of another gaze. He saw the giants in the land, but what he focused on was God. And when he looked at the giants... Having focused on God, it wasn't an overwhelming picture. It was an inspiring picture. It didn't discourage him. It pumped him up. And he said, this is already accomplished. All we have to do is just go in and take what God has already given us. You see... Caleb was looking at the right thing. Caleb was looking at why did he stand out in God's eyes because he had the right focus. He was looking at the right thing. He was focused on God. And what happens when we have a life Focus on God. Here's what happens, folks. Here's what happens. We have great faith 
Because the more you look at God, the more you focus on God, the more you understand who He is and His great power and that everything is under His sovereign control and He does what He wants, when He wants, every time that He wants, when you get that settled in your heart, all you have to do is understand what He said and then walk out on that limb. It is a focus on God. It is looking in the right direction that enables great faith. And what stood out in God's eyes when he looked at Caleb was he saw a man that had great faith because he was a man that had a God focus. Let me show you the second thing that stood out in God's eyes. He also said this, Caleb, in that same verse, has followed me fully. Caleb has followed me fully. Not only was Caleb looking at the right one, but he was moving in the right direction. God said, he has followed me fully. You see, folks, this is something different, something in addition than just the right focus. What happens in life, I've seen this happen, quite frankly, this can be a tendency of mine, can be a tendency in the hearts of a lot of men, that we can be called up by the tough times in life when the rubber meets the road and the storm hits and the adversity's there and the opposition rises up, it can just stir up within us something that does what the calm times do not do and they can cause us to rise up and say, I'm going to take this challenge and that's a good thing, but here's a better thing. It's a better thing when we are faithful both in the storm and in the sun. It's a better thing when we are faithful in the battlefield and faithful in the backyard. Sometimes for men, it is harder to be faithful in the everyday routine of life than it is when the chips are really down. And God looked at this life and he said of Caleb's life, here is a man who follows me fully. And what I see in that, as Caleb is a man who is not only looking at the right one, but is moving in the right direction, he is a man of faithfulness. Not only is he a man of great faith, but he is a man of faithfulness. Faithfulness to every day put one foot in front of the other as he keeps his eyes on God, moving toward God, pursuing God, leaning into God. Here's a question. How do we apply that? Let me just ask you a couple of questions. What are you looking at and which way are you heading? You see, if you're following God, here's what that means. I'm going to give you four things here. It means, number one, 
advancement. God is never backing up. You know that? God has never retreated. God has never given ground. It means, number one, advancement. If you're going to follow God, you're going to have to be moving in a forward direction. Number two, if you are following God, you're going to be taking new ground. Number three, if you are following God, you are going to be frustrating the enemy's plans. And number four, if you're following God, you're going to be freeing captives. So let's just ask each other the question. Number one, are you advancing? Are you advancing? Have you moved closer to God? Do you know God better now than you did three months ago? Are you advancing? Are you on a spiritual growth curve? That's advancement. Can you look back over the last six months of 2011 and say, I have advanced in my walk, in my knowledge, in my relationship with God over the last six months? Second question, new ground. Are you living out more of God's truth today than you were three months ago, than you were six months ago? Are there some unhealthy habits that you had then that you no longer have but have replaced them with healthy habits? Are there some areas in your life six months ago where the enemy was beating you up in them but today you are walking in victory in those areas? Folks, if that's true, you're taking new ground. And that's what God's about. He's about advancement. He's about taking new ground. Number three, are you frustrating the plans of the enemy? You want to know one key thing that frustrates the plans of the enemy? It's prayer, believing prayer. Because when you pray in faith, it moves the power of God. And when it moves the power of God, it fulfills the will and plan of God. And when the will and plan of God are fulfilled, the plans of the enemy are defeated. Do you have a better prayer life today than you did three months ago, than you did six months ago? Number four. Are you freeing captives? Are you showing Christ's love and sharing God's grace with those around your life that need to hear it? I promise you that's what God's doing. If you're following God, your footsteps are going to look something like that. You see, Your focus and your direction in life do not lie. They tell the undeniable truth about what you really value. So, what are you focusing on? 
And where are you headed? Which direction are you going? Number two, so that's Caleb, the man who stood out in God's eyes. But Caleb didn't just stand out. Caleb spoke up. Caleb spoke up. Ten spies out of the twelve came back and they reported, yeah, the land is great, but the people are greater. There are powerful people and fortified cities and giants in the land. The descendants of Anak. Did Caleb take the same journey? Yes. Did Caleb see the same sights? Yes. Did Caleb give the same report? No. Numbers 13, 30. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses. He quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Caleb did his best to shut down the lies and to speak out the truth. Great leaders in God's eyes do that. Great leaders in God's eyes do that. Caleb wasn't interested in, the, in popularity or the majority opinion. He was interested in one opinion. And that was his God's. Initially, he's outnumbered five to one because it was him and Caleb and their report and their recommendation against the ten. And then seven verses later, the odds go to about a million to one. Because what happens is the ten and their doubts and their defeatism and their pessimistic attitude wins over the nation. And so where there was five on one side and two on the other, now there is two on one side and a nation on the other. Wow, there's an important principle there for us about the power and the responsibility of leadership. Leadership is powerful either for the good or for the bad. You see, ten pessimists won the crowd over and lost the day. In this case, consider the loss that their influential negative leadership cost. Because the people bought into their doubts and into their hopelessness and faithlessness. They were judged by God and God said, none of them nor any man 20 and older will ever enter the land of promise except Joshua and Caleb. The rest will die in the wilderness. Numbers 14, 23, and none of those who despised me shall see it, the promised land. 
Folks, they were literally a stone's throw away from the abundant blessing that God was wanting to lavish on them. Literally a stone's throw away. But because they listened to weak-kneed leaders, they were shut off and shut out of what God had for them. You see, if you're a leader, everyone in some capacity is a leader, particularly to you men, to your fathers. If you're a leader, you're a keeper of the keys. You're a keeper of the keys. And you have the ability through your influence to swing open the gates of the blessing of God. Fathers, you have the ability to open the gates of God's promised land to your children so that they have the opportunity to cross over and into it. to go over and into receiving all that God has for them and the same for your wife and the others around you. But you unlock that the way Caleb was trying to by looking the right direction, heading the right direction and speaking out for the right. Our mantle of leadership is going to require us, our God-given mantle of leadership is going to require us to speak up for the right. I think at times we have, we're more willing To be strong and stand up and not step back, but to really speak out in boldness. That's also a part of the job. So what are you looking at and where are you heading? Is it steaks on the Barbie and silk in the closet and leather on the chair? and green in the bank? Is that what you're after? Is that where your focus is? Is that what you're leaning toward? What was Caleb leaning toward? Listen, the land we pass through, he said, it is exceedingly good. And the Lord will bring us into that land. Don't fear the people. You know what I think Caleb was after? He was striving with all of his might to take his children into the land of God's promise, to take his clan into the land of God's promise, to take his wife and to take his people into the land of God's promise. That's what we should be about. 
We should be about men trying to do our best to grab a hold of those who are around us and to lead them into the place of God's best for them. A place of milk and honey. A place of God's abundant blessing. And to do that, we're going to need to be focusing on the right thing and moving in the right direction with great faith and great faithfulness. And we're going to need to be speaking out the truth. Because the lies of the enemy are rising in their decibel level all the time. Now, was that just a picture of Caleb in that moment? Some 40 years old, great faith and great faithfulness. It wasn't because 45 years later, we see the same man. 45 years later, we see an 85-year-old man still full of great faith, still walking in great faithfulness. In fact, do you know six times in Scripture, six times this statement is said of Caleb that he was a man who wholly, W-H-O-L-L-Y, who wholly followed God. Six times. God said, that's who this guy is. He wholly follows me. So he stood out because of his faith and faithfulness and he spoke up the truth of God. And then finally, Caleb finished strong. He finished strong. 85 years old, and he is still looking for hills to charge and Goliath to kill. Numbers, or Joshua chapter 14, 10 and 12. And now behold, this is Caleb at 85, now in the promised land, talking to Joshua, who has assumed Moses's position of leadership, and he says, and now behold, I am this day 85 years old, and I am still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me, talking about his journey to spy out the land. My strength now is as my strength was then. Man, guys, wouldn't that be great? Wow. I have a hard time getting to the sink sometimes in the morning. My strength now is as my strength was then for war or for going and coming. So now, here's the conclusion. So now, give me a nice beach to retire on. No, so now, give me this hill country of which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day how the Anakim were there with great fortified cities. I shall drive them out just as the Lord said. You know what Caleb was, folks? Caleb was a man of altitude. 
Caleb was a man of altitude. Caleb was not content with the average and the commonplace. Caleb said, I want the hill. I'm not done. I'm just getting warmed up. Where are the giants? Let me at them. It was the heights for Caleb. Caleb wanted to do something great for God. Great leaders in God's eyes want to do something great for God. Not greatness as the world defines it, but greatness in the eyes of God who sees greatness as faithfulness every single day. So what's the end of the story? Did he have unrealistic aspirations? Was his faith founded or did he charge up the hill and get knocked back down by the giants? Judges 1.20 And Hebron was given to Caleb as Moses had said, and he drove out from it the three sons of Anak. That's the giants. You see, when Caleb stepped out in faith, when 85-year-old Caleb made good on a commitment from 40 years earlier, and he had the chance to step out on faith. God stepped in in power. God always does that. God always does that. Folks, let me just end with this challenge. A challenge a friend of mine gave me a few months ago that keeps running around in my head. What are you attempting for God that requires great faith? What is it? Are you doing anything for God that requires you to step out on faith that's bigger than you, that you don't fully understand or see how it will be accomplished. God wants those things because in the midst of those, what God does is he steps in and shows himself strong. He provides another testimony for His glory. He works through His people on this earth. And how is He going to do that if we won't take any steps of faith? Does that mean that we just come up with our own agenda and say, okay, God, here's the great thing that I want to try for you, and then 
foolishly leap out onto our own aspirations and materialistic desires. No, here's what it means. It means that we take God at his word and step out on faith. You see, that's what Caleb did. Caleb was tying his great step of faith to a promise. God said, this land is ours. And what I'm telling you to the nation, what I'm telling you is that it doesn't matter what we saw. It doesn't matter how big they are. We've heard from God. And God has said, I am going to do this. Step out on the land and it will be yours. It's the way God works. He releases his blessing as we step out on faith. So I would encourage you, be asking God, God, what? step of faith are you asking me to take? What is it that you want me to do where I can take you at your word so that I can be a person who stands out in your eyes focused on the right one, moving in the right direction so I can be one who is willing to speak up for the truth. And then, Lord, I want to be one who finishes strong. Sometimes in my moments of weakness, doubt, I fear that. I want you to know that. I fear that. I fear that I am not going to finish strong because I see leaders, Christian leaders, who don't. And it breaks my heart. But I know that I'm human. I want you to pray for me that I don't finish poorly. And I want you to pray for you that you don't finish poorly. But that the path of your righteousness grows brighter and brighter to the full light of day. To where you cover more ground and accomplish more for the kingdom of God in your last days than in your first days. You can do that. It's all about faith. It's not about you. It's about faith in God. And our faith should be growing so that God's kingdom is expanding through our life. Would you stand? Let me just pray a prayer over us. Worship team, would you come? Father, thank you for the example of great leadership, great fatherhood in the life of Caleb. Lord, I think about my own life and the men that have been around me. I look out and I've seen several of their faces right here this morning as I have been talking about this who have been an example like Caleb before my eyes and I'm so grateful for those men. 
and not just men, but ladies as well. Father, I want to I be, be a part of that cloud of witnesses as well. I want to be a part of the ranks that have l- left a legacy that can be followed. Pray that you would help all of us that are followers of yours through the Lord Jesus Christ to be that. to care about what stands out in your eyes, to be willing to speak up for your truth, to be faithful over a lifetime and to finish strong. Thank you, Lord. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.